in another episode. So go ahead and ask Tom all the things that you tried to ask before we no. got started, I which ruins the whole spontaneity of the whole stupid show that we're trying to do. All right. Now ask him. Let me intro the show. Okay. Welcome to Stand Up Memories, everybody. I'm Peter Bales. This is Jackie the Joke Man Martling, and we have a great guest. I mean, a great guest, uh, a very well-known- Maybe the most unique background of all the shows we've this done. This is Tom Cotter, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tom Cotter. Thank you for being here, Tom. Canadian, coming to us from Florida with a background where he is essentially an angel with a halo over his head. Very ironic, given his own personal behavior over the years. True. And an angel with a with a baseball cap with on. With a baseball cap on. Yeah, I have not showered today. I'm trying to spare <laughs> your viewers the, the uh, joy of seeing that. We can understand that. We can well thank yeah. you for doing the show. We appreciate it. And what Jackie, go ahead, the whole thing about his wife well, and the his whole wife is also Carrie Louise, a terrific stand-up comedian. We're gonna have her on in the future, and she'll be able to rebut everything that Tom says in today's show. And no, you're gonna tell him the whole thing about having the people write in whether they liked him or her better. Yeah. <laughs> write in who is the better guest. Because if we can do anything to undermine your marriage, Tom, we will. I'm sure he's totally capable of doing it himself. I am. We're all good at that. Now, I know I've worked with Tom many times. He's got a unique act that is also unstealable because it's his style. There's nobody with his style. And, uh, and you're so successful. And you have a great family with kids. And I, you're busy, man. You travel. That's a challenge with the family, right? Now let's let's start there. Let's. Uh... It you know it was um, when they were really little. The the kids. When I I used to do cruises. I was on cruise ships for eight years, and I would pack the night before, and I would put my big duffel bag or my rollerboard by the door because I was at a coma in the morning, and I had an early morning flight, so I just wanted to get up, grab my bag, and leave. And the kids, the twins were like three and they'd see my bag by the door and they already processed that that meant dad's out of town for a week. And so they'd sit on the the, the bag and scream. And oh. uh, it was very unfortunate. I had to hide oh. the bag. Um, but uh, now, wait yeah. a minute. now when you say a week, do you mean a week? You weren't one of those guys that went out for like a Minervini type. Richie oh. Minervini is another yeah. comic who goes for eight weeks, 12 weeks. You go yeah. for a week and come home. Perish the thought of that. Yeah, I, and a week was enough, Jackie. A week was too long. Already, I went with so, me, one yeah, time. I went with Minervini, and I think we circled the the uh, what what uh, Bermuda, and I was ready to kill myself. You know, and that's just being with Richie, let alone the cruise. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's you know, it's a little. I'm sure you you're well taken care of, but back then, like 30 years ago, you know, we the the one we did the dancers in the show slept in hammocks they were in wow. hammocks in like the, it seems like it was the engine room i'm like you know hey i'm in show business you know what i mean all right well tom is on classy ships can we <laughs> but you know what I, I understand that but i've always said the same thing you go to do a gig zany's in nashville and you get you know low rent hotel motel but then you get to where you're doing really well, and all of a sudden you're staying at the Four Seasons. It's a bed and a TV. You're still away from home. You're yeah. away from everybody. You know, it, it all boils down to a bed and TV if you can handle that or not. You know, 
I've never been a diva. You know, I'll stay anywhere. I used to live in a fraternity in college, so <laughs> I can sleep anywhere, anytime. Uh, I don't need accommodations. Just as you say, Jackie, a bed and a TV and a shower. That's all I really need. I'm low maintenance. And on the ships, some of them, some of the lines, you would sleep in the crew area like you were a rented servant. And then sometimes you get a guest cabin, which is much nicer. Uh, so obviously I, I prefer the latter, but you know, back then I would take anything. I'd take a, well, a roll of the, the dice, table. right? You're not sure what, you know. Yeah. Depending on the line and everything. And I'm glad I'm not on them anymore, to be honest with you. Okay. Now, where did you go to college? I went to Denison university, which is in Granville, Ohio. Denison University, another comedian. I Have you heard of that? Yes, it's a big school. Joe Bolster, I believe. Joe uh, Bolster is uh, not only a, a Denison alum, but he's in the Athletic Hall of Fame. He's a, quite a gifted runner as well as is. a long distance runner, right? Joe Bolster yeah. used yeah. to run long distance. He's a great comedian, by the way, folks. He used to run with me in Riverside Park. I used to die. Uh, and Joe you used to run? I never you know have that. No idea what an athlete I am. No, neither do you. <laughs> you were a runner. I used to. Did I you used, run on the Locust I, Valley track team? Um, actually, I was in the library club. Yeah, that's another you know, story. Yeah, I can see now, you. The exercise you got was moving the chess pieces. Now, where did you start? Absolutely. Where did you get your? Where did you do your first few sets? Well, can I go back to Joe for a second? Because when yes. I was at Denison, my sophomore year, he came back as a returning alum and he had already done The Tonight Show. He was a big guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so he came and did a performance. His brother was the coach of the swim team. Uh, and so every every spring break, they would go to like Puerto Rico or the Bahamas someplace oh. as a swim team and we would raise money for them. So oh, it was like a, a benefit for these rich kids to go to... The, the Caribbean, and he would facilitate that by coming and telling jokes and, uh, you know, getting giving the proceeds to his brother as the swim coach. So he was one of the very first comics I ever saw live. And I remember watching the first show, and then he did a second show that night, and he did some of the same material from the first show, and I was completely disenchanted. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? The magic's gone. What I is this all about? making it up as he went along, right? <laughs> as did I. Uh, but we've gone on to be uh, good friends. I'm a huge fan of uh, he created the the phrase where you get paid in advance for a gig and then the gig gets canceled, but you still get paid. And it's uh, big dough, no show, don't got to go. And uh, that's <laughs> from Joe. Joe good friend of mine as well. Terrific comedian. Google him. Those of you watching at home. And he is currently the coach of a girls track team uh, for an elite private school in New York City. And uh, wow. and loving it. Uh, that's what he does. He loves that. And They're lucky to have him. Imagine him as a coach. He's the funniest guy in the world. We, we did a NASCAR thing years ago where he had to do the, the, the Winston Cup thing. And uh, I had to talk to the drivers. I had never met the drivers before. So I was nervous as hell. And he kept sliding index cards on the podium in front of me with just disturbingly horrible things to make me laugh <laughs> for no reason in front of these these meathead redneck drivers. And uh, I was like, Joe, I'm going to kill you. But he was he's just the funniest guy and such a pleasant guy offstage, too. Big fan. Yeah, whoever, whoever thought that sliding index cards in front of somebody would be a workable thing to do to make them more funny? Whoever thought that? that where, where do you think I got the idea from? <laughs> Bolster. Bolster and Tom Cobb. <laughs> no, wait, when we first started out way back, like in the days of 
probably before you, the, the days of the rainy night house and things like the that. I don't know house. if you, we used I to write that. crazy notes and send them up because it could be an announcement that, you know, call home because the babysitter's dead or something. Yeah. And, you know, and we'd write the most horrible stuff. And the idea was to try and screw up the guy on stage. But I, that lasted, what, like a year or two? Yeah. And that yeah. died out. But God, that was, you know, it was the only thing that was fun about those horrible shows, you know. Oh, yeah. Joe is great. Uh, just, you know, adding levity backstage and everything. And he's such a such a great dude. His wife, Hillary, great. And he has twins and I have twins. So we bonded over yeah, that. That's nice. Great dude. But he's now, really how old are your twins now? Uh, my twins are in college now. They're uh, sophomores at University of Rhode Island. All right. Wow. Boy and girl, boy, boy. Two boys. But we don't right. we don't you know, you can't judge someone's gender now, as you know, Jackie. So I, they were born male. Well, they match. Yeah. Can you say that? They identify as tall black women uh, because <laughs> they uh, they don't like white privilege and they want reparations. So it's going to work out for them. But tell me where you started. Where did you do your first sets? Uh, there's a little club in Providence, Rhode Island yeah. called Periwinkles that has gone the way of the dinosaur. And that's where I first went on stage in an open mic night. And then shortly thereafter, because Rhode Island is not a booming comedy mecca, as you know, you either make a decision. You drive an hour north to Boston or you drive three hours south to New York. What were you I doing in Rhode Island? Uh, I lived there. I grew up there. My my parents are from there. And that's where I went to high school and everything. So um and I love Rhode Island. It's still my, you know, smallest in size, number one in teen pregnancy. Very, very fine little state. But I had to get out of there. And so I moved to Boston. And I'm glad I did because that was a great proving ground. And until recently, I used to say that Boston was the best uh, comedy proving ground. And then Minervini, Richie Minervini, just unleashed on me how Long Island is actually where all the big guns came from. Not the city, but Long Island. He rattled them off and I was just humbled. I had no idea. I don't well, know what's in the water you, you guys are. Go ahead. I got to tell you, and I knew about this Boston connection. He's answering questions I haven't asked yet, but that's terrific. I was going to ask you the difference between the Boston scene and the New York scene, and then uh, the Philadelphia scene, you know, and the Chicago scene. Yeah, they're, all, Boston, they're all so distinct. Boston, they are distinct, and Boston is magic, but so is the New York, and the Long Island scene is separate from the New York scene. Yeah. But you you move from one to the other. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, when I left Boston, people were fleeing like rats off a burning ship. You know, the, the, it was unfortunate. But karaoke had come into the bars. Every bar had a comedy night until karaoke showed up yeah. and ruined it. And then it was oversaturated on TV, as you know, back in the mid 90s. Right, right. So everybody fled to L.A. and New York. And uh, Carrie and I, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we did both. And we loved New York more. It was closer. Give, and give me a year. 1996. 96. <clears throat> so 96 they... is when we moved to New York. And I'm back in Boston this upcoming weekend. I'm at Giggles up there. So I still go back every once in a while. I love it. It's still where I kind of started, but um, it's it's no longer, unfortunately, home, you know? I love it. I go, I do a, a week there with Lenny and uh, Lenny Clark and uh, Christine at Berlin, Giggles. Yeah. You know, th this the first uh, week in August. And this year, Sweeney's going to be on the bill, too. He's got like yeah. four headliners. Everybody does like 11 minutes, you know, but it's that's <laughs> such a great little club. God, it's I so love great. it. And the food's great. The it. people are great. I love Saw. That's where I am this upcoming weekend. I'm at uh, they Bounce Off the Walls, man. 
Yeah, it's great. And they're so loyal, that fan base to that club, that they don't care who's there because it's Sweeney every week, it seems. But yeah, they uh, they keep coming back and they they adore it. And Jackie, you were lucky to break into that because the thing about Boston was it was a closed shop. You know, I they, know, I know. I, and... I was very lucky. You know what happened? There was a place, I don't know if this, there was a place in Tampa called, funny enough, called Giggles uh, that was booked by a, a huge Coke dealer and his wife. And he was a maniac, but most of the clubs were like that back then. But Lenny must have worked same one one of the other towns on that that coast of Florida. I remember it was late at night. Long, the show was long done, and we were at a waitress's apartment, really late. And all of a sudden, I heard this bang, and somebody came through the door, and I heard, "Where's Martling? I want to meet Mart-. Lenny." Had driven two hours to come to Tampa, and I actually missed my plane. The next day I sat there and fell asleep and I opened my eyes and I said, where's the plane? She said, the, the girl behind the counter said, left her. Went, you don't wake me up, you know, because you kept me up the whole night. And then we've been just asshole buddies for 40 years. You know, he's such a great character. He's know? still the king of Boston. Yeah, he still walks on water up there. He really does. And to be accepted into that little group, like you say, it's like, you know, it's flat. Not easy. Many tried, many failed. So the <laughs> fact that you made it through that, because they always, you know, they would actually try to to uh, to sabotage the New York comics that would come up. They'd put on Don Gavin in the middle and have some Laura Keitlinger, I remember, came up from New York to do. And, you know, God bless Laura. She's very funny. But you're not going to follow Don Gavin in Boston doing half an hour in front of you. You're just not. Uh, so they right. would sabotage these poor acts from L.A. and New York when they They're came. still here. fighting the Babe Ruth curse. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they are still bitter. You're right. Actually, I felt welcomed. I did a year in Boston. Chance Langton, I was doing those gigs and I was doing. Uh, I had so much fun. Chant, tell you on Chance Langton's a, a guitar a, playing. A guitar playing. Song so clarity. funny. A uh, guy who booked all kinds of crazy gigs. Boston, you know, it was such a comedy town. And, and I imagine it still is in many ways. Well, you were both, as and well-deserved, able to crack through that uh, that that barrier. You know, it's like uh, Trump built a, a wall around the New York comics, not letting them... <laughs> right, 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 right. But, and, you know, my so, strategy was not to be very good and not threaten any of the Boston comics. So <laughs> that really worked for me. Well, I got to the point where I could actually tell people how much I hate Bill Blumenreich and still get work in Boston. So that's, 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 a whole well that's an inside joke. You have to explain it. To Bill everyone. Blumenreich is, uh, is uh, 300 pounds of shit in a 200 pound suit. That's the best thing. <laughs> that I know you, you, you can't it. curse, but he actually, you know, he actually got me my biggest paying gig of all time. And he's, you know, he's just an oddball, yeah. not it, it, among Oddball people, which is what comedy bookers and show business bookers are, he is in a class or lack of class by himself. That's all. Enough, our, enough audience, our audience at home is going to be interested in what America's Got Talent did for your career. And you've got to have good things to say about that. I don't have to. Uh, I, I oh, do. You don't have to, but yeah. I mean, that's his way to beg. Yeah, no, but I mean, uh, I, I think you know you what? Explain we, that how that worked. I mean, a lot of well, people- you guys know we all do for what we do. You know, you want exposure, and right. if you're not on a sitcom, 
There are very few other options for primetime network exposure. We all do late night, but if you do late night, if you're doing Conan or Letterman, it's 5 million people if you're lucky. That's the demographic. And they're falling asleep. You're the third act. You're only on the show. So it's really not a, a, an honest 5 million. Uh, they are naked, many of them watching you. But still, they're half asleep. And so it's not the same as, you know, our worst demographic, my season, which was season seven, was 13 million. And that was for a rerun. Uh, you know, we had 20 million because we had Howard Stern on that season and we had Sharon Osbourne and, and uh, Howie Mandel were my judges. Nick Cannon was the host. And so the numbers were through the roof. Plus the that same summer, the, the Olympics were on NBC that summer. So there was a lot of cross promotion. So I get very lucky to be on the show that season. Just a great, uh, like, a you know, perfect storm. And it's been great. That that following is so loyal. The people who love that show are very, very loyal to the people who are on the show. So thank God it's still, you know, moving the needle. And uh, they, they've been kind enough to have me come back. I've been back a bunch of times. Um, and, uh, you know, those people just keep buying tickets, thank God. And, and so it's, a positive, it's all positive. I mean, well, how good, I don't have much negative to say about it. Good. I mean, it elevated your career, your money, your bookings. Uh, but but I, what could possibly have been negative? About well, I mean, you, well, you were runner up. Who yes. Did you, who did you lose to again? I think you know Peter Bales, who I lost <laughs> to. You're going to humiliate me, and I will allow you to I do don't that. Say who I did came you in lose second to, to a dog you act. Who, Listen, did, you, you. did you hear what he said? Who Say it again. Who did you lose to? I was the top human finisher my season, but I lost to a dog act. I was the, <laughs> the only dog act that's ever won that show beat me that season. So uh, I'll get over You don't follow it. children and you don't follow dogs. Don't you read the books? Who said that? W.C. Fields famously said that. Fields. Could not have been more a accurate. dog act? Yeah. Well, the dog didn't tell jokes. Well, it was 23 dogs, first of all. So it was unfair. Uh, second of all, um, many of them are dead now. So I feel like I went the long way. But uh, yeah, they- I, they I got to tell you how I didn't know that. This is so funny. Yeah. Well, funny to you, perhaps. Um, but it's yeah, still, when you come act. in second to to a dog act, you do feel like number two. And I'm, I will get over it one day, but uh, it still hurts a little bit. My, I called the home the other day and I said to my wife, what's the weather up in New York? And she said, it's raining cats and talent show champions. Which <laughs> ah, I love that. That's a great That's show. so funny that you came in number two and with 23 dogs running around, there must have been plenty of number two. And the problem was <laughs> some of the dogs had tighter setups than Tom did. <laughs> that, uh, you know, that just keeps writing its, oh, you know. Man. The stories like that, is, and the stories of Star Search and the things that happen to people. You know, you know the story of John Mulrooney, who was on Star Search and... and he, it was hysterical, by the way. His I love Mulrooney. Yeah. yeah, competing against Rosie O'Donnell. And his yeah. set was far and away better than her. So he's standing next to her and they say, and the winner is. And before they said the winner, he, he this is, a, you can see this on tape. He's like waving to thank the crowd. And they say, and the winner is Rosie O'Donnell. And he bows away and he backs up. It's just so classic, you know, it's just so, just so wrong, you know. A lot, you know, there are comics that have had a bad experience on AGT, but um, I think most of them don't throw it under the bus the way they did Last Comic Standing. Last Comic Standing, as you remember, was all pre-taped. So they can manipulate it any way they wanted uh, through editing, which they did. They inserted the sound of crickets behind two friends of mine on that show. And there were no crickets in the comedy club, maybe some roaches, certainly no crickets. Everybody and said that uh, Star Search was absolutely 
totally on the up and up and up. And I shouldn't have won because I, it was for young people. And I looked a thousand years old, but I got three stars and the guy I competed against got three and a quarter stars. But when they put up my, my results, I looked over and I saw three, two, four, three, which was a three. And then when I watched it on TV and they showed the, the results, there was four threes. I'm like that, how prearranged can anything be? You know, just, ugh. you know, that, yeah. it's just, so, it's now who was, who was, who was Carrie? Huh? I always forget who Bo Bice came in second on one of those shows. Oh, that was the, yeah, that's the, that's, no, that was uh, the, either The Voice or uh, American Idol, I think, right? Well, that wasn't a comic, was it? Was Bo a comic? No, no, he was, oh, maybe it's American Idol. Carrie Snodgrass? Carrie Snodgrass? Some huge, all right, I'll shut up. So Some huge, oh. she's a huge country singer now. But Carrie the, Underwood, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood, she, yeah. She, she was that that was by. Idol. That was American Idol. But it's the same company. It's Simon Cowell owns all these things. And he's the new Aaron Spelling because he owns all those franchises and all those countries. And they're they're always in the top five in every country. So he's just printing money right now. The new Aaron anyway. Spelling. Does he have a daughter with a horse face? Uh, <laughs> he might. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Now let me try to get back on track here. So, Sorry. A lot of new comedians are watching. Aren't you going to offer him a, a free spot on your comedy uh, comedy college? Oh, my, I teach comedy, and, and we talk. If about you would like to, uh, to brush up a little bit, <laughs> God knows I need it. I know Peter Bell's the only guy I know who sells history books after a show. Nobody else does that. And I watched him at Dangerfields make a fortune just standing up there selling history books to people who didn't look like they ever read a book in their lives. And he's making I think a they buy them because they really can't believe it. You know, <laughs> so, so. I don't think people realize how funny the Reformation can be when you really nail those bits. Uh, how did Club. I wind up sitting here with you? All right. <laughs> but we've got Tom Cotter here with his unique style. Yep. Uh, a master of the language, I might say, and using that to get laughs. Uh, it's so great to have you. Um, uh, if you can do those TV shows, you heard it from Tom, do them because you never know what's going to happen. America. I tell everybody that, you know, Joe Matarese complains yeah. about his experience on that show, but you know, he didn't make it. Uh, he, the first show, the first episode, he was on in front of the celebrity judges, got a huge standing ovation at the yeah. Hammerstein ballroom. A 20 camera shoot his wife and kids come up on stage and hug him while the crowd is going crazy and yeah. the next episode didn't go so well but that tape from the first one has kicked open so many doors for him that tape is magic so what was his so, complaint that the second one didn't go well yeah the second episode back then um and they did it to us too they have no audience in the theater and that's how they thin the herd because you can't really eliminate someone who got a standing ovation uh, but you can if there's no audience response. So they tell the Joe judges to be stoic, which they are. They just stare at you like the Last Supper and you do your act, which is brutal because you're doing stand up with no response. But he let it get in his head. I knew it was coming and I just said, OK, I press play, spit the stuff out and we moved on. But uh, it got it got to him a little bit. But he's his career's great. And that tape has done wonderful things for him. And so, but the show is BS. It's always, but you that know, is such Corey a mind game is a great for them comic. to do that to you. You know, that's such a mind game. 
Yeah, I never. But I'll tell you. It's, it's creative. Yeah, reality is never reality. Joe Matarese, Google him, terrific comedian. But Tom Cotter, now you travel a lot. You Great come guy. to Long Island. You come to Long Island and play at your favorite. I'm coming out to Governor's soon. I'm out in Governor's in uh, May, I think. All right. He's going to be at Governor's here on Long Island in Levittown. He travels everywhere. He is a success story. Tom Cotter. Without taking your class. Without, this never, he this never is took a my first. Class. I know. He, he never took my class. He managed to get it together on his own. I'm wondering how he managed to get on the show without doing your stupid class. Well, I don't know. I, we're, we're honored to have Tom Cotter. Thrilled. Now, <laughs> that is, that's the I, real Tom I, Cotter. I didn't, I didn't take <laughs> I didn't stare. think you could top the angel. And you <laughs> yeah, just well, topped the angel. That is. I, uh, I took Peter's class because I, I didn't. I didn't take your class, but I cheated off the Asian kid who took it. So <laughs> I feel like I took it. All right, everybody watching, listen. You got to go see Tom Cotter live in the near future. We're having his lovely wife Carrie Louise on, who will rebut everything you heard. And I think we should have Tom again. And the next time we have him, I want to see if the toilet paper roll. <laughs> is more empty. All right. Tom, <laughs> we we do. We want to invite you on again because you're so much fun. And, I'd be honored. Uh, oh, well, you, this has been terrific. And thank you, Tom. Thank uh, you. Now he's in, what is that, prison? Sure. God. He's in prison. I get a lot of these. Uh, these are great. Uh, we can do this all day. I love it. It's so yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the best of all. Oh, that's my girlfriend. Oh, Alice? we're going to close. But Jackie kissed Florence Henderson in a film. I French kissed her for a whole afternoon. Wow. The only thing better than that would be like I dream of Jeannie, but I don't know anybody could do that. All anyway, right, gentlemen, okay. so no, good. Um, it is. It is. Always, it's always a <laughs> always a peeing contest, isn't it? No yeah, matter okay. what. You got me. We're, we're going to. Fortunately, we're out of time. That was beautiful. Tom. Um, Tom Cotter, thank you so much. Jackie the Joke Man Martling here. I'm Peter Bales. This has been Stand Up Memories. Thank you, Tom. We'll see you again. Thank you, guys. It was an honor to be on with you. I appreciate it. And tell Mike right. I said We thanks. loved it. We loved it. You were great. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>